This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn music. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be that day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Moneyline Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson alongside often referenced, never duplicated Keith Patrick of Dinger Derby and the Red Raider Dugout. Guys, how you doing? Swell. Swell. That's a good word. Yeah. Uh, We are a lot... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. This is your show. <laughs> oh, I love that. Right off the bat, Rob interrupting our guests. Beautiful. Did I interrupt or did he? Uh, we're no, live that, with part- was, that was a simultaneous. Okay. That, that was incidental contact, not pass interference. Can I talk about Cardinals? Yes. We're live in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. If you want to gear up for baseball season, you can at Cardinals, whether it's Little League or Texas Tech Baseball. You can go shop for... Your Texas Tech gear, your sports gear, bats, gloves, high school gear. If you want to gear up for some high school baseball, you can do it all at Cardinal Sports. MyCardinalSports.com are live and in person in Lubbock, Texas. There you go. All right, let's jump right into it. Keith, there's a baseball team at Texas Tech. How are they doing? Uh, though they're surviving. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was uh, talking baseball with Keith Patrick. Yeah. Can I tell you what I was going to say a minute ago with yeah. our incidental contact? Please. I don't normally get to watch these. I, I normally listen to you guys' podcasts, and I've known Kyle for several years, but it dawned on me just a minute ago, Kyle's funny when you can see him. <laughs> Kyle is immensely hateable when you can't see him <laughs> being funny. The, the dry becomes just awful. It is, well, I don't know about awful, but uh, I do agree that his his facial features really, you know, accentuate his sarcasm. Yeah, the 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 twinkle in his eye is important. Yes, for context. Yeah, I'm go- I'm going through that right now with new coworkers. You know, I'm about six weeks into the job, and I'll say something as a joke, and they have that moment they like look at each other like, "Is he joking?" They're like, "Ha ha ha!" And then they like realize, "Okay, he's like actually kind of funny when you realize that he's joking." But I could. I totally admit, first impressions, probably not my strong suit. Because people are like, you know, yeah, they, they just don't get it. Well, they just see the hair and the the smugness. Hey, it's intimidating. I'm <laughs> jealous of your lighting right now. You look Mine? 
you have a glow i'm in yeah. industrial well office lights here i've almost got a halo here on the on the gauchos <laughs> i need to like position my head like that and anyway i had a boss tell me one time i'm an acquired taste and so yeah hey, a lot of really good things are acquired tastes yeah you're like an ipa baseball can be an acquired taste you know, people say that people say that yeah um yeah. i will say this live baseball much more enjoyable than uh, baseball on tv uh i am excited that every texas tech baseball game is on tv now uh but for the second straight year all but two or three are on espn plus pretty much yeah <clears throat> last year i i got the old uh response from robert giovanetti when i ripped the big 12 for I mean, they want to beat their chest and say, hey, look at all these games we have on broadcast TV, linear TV. Well, you know, 90% of those are on the Longhorn Network. And then, you know, you get a little a little smattering of ESPNU, which is what's happened this year. I think there's four or five regular season games and then, you know, a few in the Big 12 tournament that'll be ESPNU and basically the rest of the conferences, ESPN Plus and Longhorn Network with a couple of, SEC network, that kind of stuff kind of mixed in based on opponents. So, but also almost all of. <laughs> Get it, Keith is so handsome comment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Sorry. Sometimes, uh, sometimes comments pop up on the screen. Yeah. Thank you, Big Hen. Um, I was going to say also almost all of text games are at home this year. So that's a whole other wrinkle in the 2023 season. I there have, are 37 home games. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's thir- I think it's 13 more than last year, I believe. I think there was 24 home games last year. It was pretty light. You know, I did not notice that while the season was going on, but there was not very many opportunities to go watch Texas Tech, especially uh, like before conference play started. I felt like they mm-hmm. were on the road a lot. Yeah, they got a, this return three game from Iowa and then a return from Grand Canyon, a two-game midweek. So there's five automatically, and they got permission permission for the second time. Hopefully it plays out this time. They had permission in 2020 also to play during finals. So that's another three game from Sam Houston coming in, splitting your last couple Big 12 series at you know, the Cinco de Mayo weekend. And so all of a sudden, you know, there's, what, eight games that wouldn't have been here, but you get the returns. We owe them one from 2017. Sam Houston State, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's actually a good segue to a topic I wanted to ask you about. Last year, uh, I mean, Tech probably had their fair share in this in terms of just not winning enough games, but the RPI and some of those metrics that everybody looks at come postseason weren't good enough to really be very serious in the conversation for hosting a regional. Um, I know it's early, and of course you got to play the games, but just initial look. Is the non-conference strong? Is it weak? Is it somewhere in between? Like, are we setting ourselves up for postseason success based on the non-con RPI? I think so. Um, and you have some of your warm-ups. Last year, you got hit kind of in multiple ways. Merrimack was supposed to be better. They weren't going to be an RPI juggernaut, but they were supposed to be a better team than they were. Um, their coach left them basically around Christmas and took their pitching staff with him. And so they really were down. Um, so I think that you'll have better opponents even in your Western Illinois, North Dakota State. Not that they're going to be great, but I think they're better quality than that. Um, 
Grand Canyon's a big midweek for you and having it here is important because <clears throat> they're that mid-major that they'll go play one and two games with Arizona State, Arizona. They're facing uh, – they're starting in the desert uh, in the first weekend. So they've got Tennessee and Michigan, I think, in that tournament among some other teams. So they're one that will go play some big dogs and pump up their RPI, which is good for you. Uh, I think Air Force will be a couple of good RPI games. and But I really think – as front-loaded as the Big 12 schedule is, when you look at RPI and kind of look at where you are going later against Kansas State and Kansas and Sam Houston State, that Stanford midweek becomes even more important when you go on the road. Um, but I do think they scheduled more intentionally knowing how important the RPI is because at the end of the day, no matter how much we can wish it to be something different, obviously the committee's looking at RPI and it's the number one thing they're considering. Um, that was apparent last year. So... It was apparent for TCU too, who you know probably should have been hosting. Um, so yeah, I do think you're set up for a little bit more success that way. But I also think you're just a better team, and that kind of makes the difference too. Was that an intentional thing with the schedule to have a lot of home games and play more games? I guess to to bump the RPI, or is it just kind of a how it worked out with the schedule going back and forth? You said, well, if you want to bump the RPI, you really want good opponents on the road. I mean, that's really going to help you. And Coach Tadlock has just said flat out with the schedule, it it just kind of was happenstance where you had these return trips that you were owed. Um, You kind of starting something new, I think, with Air Force a little bit. You know, some of those opponents, and it just kind of happened this way. And then they got the permission for the the finals thing, which is a big deal. That's always a problem in baseball to just, you know, you're rolling. It is literally the end of your season. You're looking, you're trying to get a Big 12 championship or whatever, wherever you sit, and you're worried about seeding and RPI. And then you take like 11 days off. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a brutal time. So being able to keep your, your flow going is good. I do have a quick follow up on that. I correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the series that some teams that are pretty much all but a lock to host a regional have just, it's become a trend where they just cancel those. So I think AM did it last year. I think other programs have done it where they say, like, hey, our, our RPI is number four. Why would we play Sam Houston? Like, we stand nothing to, we have nothing to gain, everything to lose. Do you think the Texas Tech coach staff, if they're in a position like that, would consider canceling that series? Do you think they'll play it no matter what? It doesn't strike me that. They don't strike me that way. Tim Tadlock doesn't strike me that way. He strikes me as a guy that would be more interested in what I was just talking about, keeping your rhythm, keeping your pitching staff and working always getting better with innings under your belt rather than running away from an opponent. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't think that's what they would want to do. Good. I mean, yeah. I, no, I, I thought that, that was awful. And yeah. the committee hated it. The committee absolutely hated that there were teams doing that. a was one of them. I'm trying to remember. There was another pretty prominent team um, that did that last year. And now, and there's, they have an argument too, because you play mid-majors, particularly in, and I think they canceled a midweek. It wasn't a weekend. It was like a one or two game midweek. And what you're getting into too, you get a mid-major, maybe it's even a bye game. Well, they've got one ace on their team and they don't pitch him on Friday. They pitch him against you on a Tuesday night, you know, when you're platooning a bunch of freshman arms or whatever. And so they're pitching everybody backwards to pump their own resume forward. Um, and that's a problem too. So, I mean, there's no perfect solution, but I don't think canceling games late in the season is an answer. Yeah. I mean, what's the purpose? Strikes me as pretty soft. I agree. Not, Not dog-like at all. No. No. Uh, all right. Let's get into the Texas Tech team a little bit uh, off the top. 
Um, Hudson White. He's good. Owen Washburn. Also good. And uh, Dylan Ty Carter. Holden. Dylan Carter. Those are the only three returning starters in your uh, list. And Ty Coleman. Yeah. You're talking about my projections? Your projections, I, yes. I only did that so people had something to read because I hate trying to project this lineup. <clears throat> yes. I do think Ty Coleman's your starting DH. I didn't include him because he did not play the last two weekends of scrimmages. He was sick a couple ago. He umpired this last weekend, and I asked him today if that was in his future because he really had fun with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't include him in that projection because I didn't know if he was healthy or not, and so that was really my my purpose with that. But um, I do think he's your starting DH at the moment, but uh, I think you're going to see a lot of dudes. So let's, I guess, go around the horn here. Hudson White, uh, you you mentioned Tim Tadlock with some high praise on Hudson White when we were talking before. Uh, freshman of the year, mm -hmm. but maybe one of the most improved players on the team. Yeah, that surprised me. I asked Tadlock that today in the press availability. And, you know, just, hey, last year to this year or fall to spring, who's taking the biggest steps forward? I really expected it to be a couple freshmen that I've seen kind of with a big step forward or a pitcher. And he said Hudson White and Bo Blessy. And now Hudson White tried out for Team USA and had a little bit of time with that this summer. Um, but I did not expect that. That's a guy that – I mean, you're not coming from a low floor at that point, you know, to step forward. So um, Huddy did come and talk to us too and said that he feels like if he's taken a step forward, it's been offensively. And he's done some things to adjust his swing a little bit and and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I don't want to discount – who is around, and I think it, it's important, Josh Young, Braxton Fulford, I mean, to John McMillan and Parker Kelly and Cole Stillwell, all those guys are around. Caleb Killian, Davis Martin's been in and out all throughout the fall. So these guys, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter, you know, or, or your position, they've got major league level dudes that they're hanging out with. I mean, he said Josh was here every day. That's a pretty good guy to pick his brain about hitting, you know, and so – I think that some of that has been has been helpful, and and apparently he's uh, benefiting from that. He looks awesome. I mean, he just he looks like a dude that's ready to make some national noise. He's uh, preseason All Big Twelve, um, but yeah, I he's looking great defensively too. He's and I joked on we just dropped a, a preview this morning for Dinger Derby Red Raider Dugout um, He. And we joked, or I joked, that he only was shown up once that I saw in scrimmages, and it was uh, Saturday when Braxton Fulford caught a couple innings. Oh. And he's he's looking fantastic too. He's in spring training right now with the Rockies, so not a bad guy to get to get uh, shown up by. But no, I think I think Huddy, far and away, um, looking awesome. Owen Washburn too, who you mentioned. I think he is a candidate for a big breakout year. I, I wrote that he flew a little bit under the radar. I mean, he was still all freshman team and all that stuff, but um, I think he has a, a big chance to break out, and you know, right field seems like his to lose right now. Those two were huge toward the end of the season especially. I remember in Stillwater kind of felt like, okay, these guys aren't freshmen anymore type of moment. Um, on Hudson White, do you think he'll still rotate to first base every couple games? I don't think so. I think he can. He's done a little bit of first. Um, Huddy was a shortstop in high school, which like most of these guys were. 
<clears throat> I think if there's rotating going to happen, it's probably your number two catcher, and and that's it's almost a one A one B. Kevin Bazell is also an excellent catcher um, and has a great bat, and I think that he's probably your third baseman and may swap back and forth catching. Um, I, that that seems more more possible to me. But as much as Tim Tadlock has talked about here in the preseason <clears throat> about getting guys rest, getting them days off. And he even mentioned it today, like Hudson getting in the cold bath and and recovering a little faster. I think he wants to be more intentional about having guys fresh late in the season. And so I could see him avoiding that. And to be honest, you don't need him to. I mean, last year you kind of needed him and Stillwell to do that uh, because you didn't have as much depth. I mean, this year you truly have two baseball teams that could go out and play and be great, maybe even more. And so um, I I don't think you need him to do that because you have a great number three catcher as well. Yeah, talk about him. He has a, a kind of a smaller guy, but a lot of power. Yeah, Dylan Maxey, he's like 5'9", 160, somewhere around there. Um, he's out of Friendswood. And uh, yeah, small guy, ton of pop. He hit more home runs than anybody in the fall. I think at least seven. He had a three-home run day. Um, and, you know, we don't see every inning, but uh, he's he's continued that in the spring. You know, arms are rounding out, and you're seeing a little bit better pitching in the spring, and he's continued to show power. He's good defensively. I think he's really kind of latched on to to Huddy and and they're you know he's learning a lot from him. Um, but it's not a big drop off between any of those guys, you know. And so yeah, you've got a lot of good options. Um, really, the one we've seen Bazell work a lot at third base, and so I think at least early he's maybe your your option or you know kind of your your fallback position as other guys move around and you figure some stuff out. But um, I mean, Tim Tadlock said today. He said, I wish we had 70 games that we could just run a whole bunch of different combinations out there and just see where we're at after 70. And he goes, maybe we will do that. <laughs> How about the, the playing 70 games part or the uh, yeah. or the just see what happens kind of part. But yeah, there's so many matchup games you could play with this team because there's a ton of depth. Well, that's not something out of the realm of possibility for Tadlock to do, to run you know four different lineups in four different days and kind of just start figuring some stuff out. I feel like next weekend is a great candidate for that when you play Western Illinois too. I mean, I would feel like this weekend maybe you maybe day to day a little bit, but not just fully you know blowing it up and throwing it out there. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, curious to see. He did tell us we have six starting pitchers today, so and we will get that to the my, arms. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. Well, I was just going to say we'll get to the arms. You want to run through the rest of the infield first? Let's roll around. Yeah. So we talked about third base. Uh, who else might play there? Cade McGar has done a lot of work over there. Um, he's a guy, you know, kind of a slender guy. I think that he's got a guy that'll benefit from some some strength and conditioning, nutrition kind of stuff, but he can play there for sure. There's several guys that can play third, short, or second, uh, but we've seen him over there the most. We've seen him at second a little bit too, uh, but I think that he'll probably get some turns over there. And Coach Tadlock said today too, Will Burns is another guy that can hop over there you know, at any point, but, um, yeah, there's just a bunch of that. And, and he described that at the Red Raider club tailgate dinner. It's a team full of baseball players that you can kind of send them to a position and they're going to do a good job in it. It's just trying to find the best fits for a bunch of them. Let's talk about the other corner first, before we get back to that name, you just mentioned Will Burns, um, first base, uh, obviously going to be a new starter, but maybe not a new face over there at first base. Or do you think there'll be a newcomer at first base? I think it'll be a newcomer. Okay. 
I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. Uh, Brome, you think Brome will get some spot there? I think Brome has an opportunity. We saw him in right field and at first base okay. a little bit. Um, I think Brome also has a, a good chance at DH, uh, just depending on what's going on. Um, Gus said it a couple of times in our preview. You know, Ryan Brome might go out day one, hit two home runs, and never look back. You know, and he certainly has the ability to do that. He has been absolutely beating up on right-handed pitchers. Um, I think he gets a chance over there potentially, uh, but I will say Gavin Cash has played really well. Transfer coming in from Texas. Um, the bat maybe has cooled a little bit in the spring. Uh, George says, you know, that he was kind of the get out of the, out of the portal. I, I think there's some other guys that have been good too, but he's been a pleasant surprise. And, and the coaching staff has said that like, Hey, we've been pleasantly surprised defensively with what he's doing. Um, and he's just, he's, I kind of, it's not really a comp, but I likened him to remembering Hunter Hargrove over there, kind of the last super athletic first baseman that you had over there that's really diving into gaps and stuff. Oh, was was Gavin Cash from Texas? Was he the one that uh, people were saying was the next Ivan Melendez? Well, he was certainly sitting behind Ivan Melendez. Okay, is, that, is that all it was? I thought there was. I thought there was a little more uh, a little more juice to those, but maybe it was just he was behind him. Was the next yeah. one? Okay. Did y'all know Hunter Hargrove once bowled a two ninety nine? I actually did know that. I did know that. Yeah, eleven yeah. strikes in a row, and on the third segment of the tenth frame, nine pins. Dang. And he was doing that, Keith. You might remember better. It was like before a super regional or something. Like it was the next day, and he, I guess, just like wanted to take his mind off it or like relax before the game. It was. It was like the Thursday night before a super regional or something. Those teams. And he's out there bowling to two ninety nine. Yeah. Well, he did. He did a lot of things good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hit a bunch play of, third base. Hit a bunch of doubles. Well, yeah, <laughs> hit a bunch of doubles. Yeah. <laughs> when Keith said he was your last super athletic first baseman, I was thinking even multi sport athlete because apparently he's a good bowler yeah. as well. Um, let's talk outfield. Uh, I think Owen Washburn, like you said, sort of a, a fixture out there. A lot of movement. Partly due to injury, partly due to performance, I guess. In center field last year, you're rotating uh, Rob's favorite player, um, country music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, country music sensation Sam Smith and uh, Dylan Carter, who of course was excellent in the field. Do you do you uh, mean Sam Hunt? Sorry, did I say Sam Smith? Yeah, yeah. Different genre. Yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Something unholy there. Hey, I would listen to a Sam Smith country album. <laughs> All right, getting to know the Gauchos. Um, Did you hear Patrick anyway. Mahomes' favorite genres today or last night? No. He was on uh, some late night TV and he was like, Don't ruin him for me. He's like, Yeah, the chain smokers and DJ Khaled came through, you know, all the genres you need. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, I need a couple more. Yeah, Texas Tech baseball legend Patrick Mahomes. Anyway, yeah. what I was getting to when I botched Sam Hunt versus Sam Smith. That shows you how big of a Sam Hunt fan I am, the, the musician, anyway. Anyway, what are we looking at in center field and in left field, do you think? <laughs> Jackson says uh, calling Sam Hunt country is a take. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Pop. Well, I, don't know if the it's the, I don't know if it's the skinny jeans or... Yeah. <clears throat> Sam Hunt's at Kansas now, by the way, which... Where he almost had a home run. Which has its own level of, of interest. Yeah. That's yeah. where he lost his home run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What did you ask me? I, I was 
It was a roundabout way of saying there's a lot of movement in center field last year. Owen Washburn has his spot secured. So what else are we looking at in the outfield? I mean, I'm not going to – I think it's Owen Washburn's right field to lose. But I think with every position on this field, you're just going to see experimentation and you're going to see guys get innings and their rest days and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I will connect right field and first base a little bit because Damian Bravo is another freshman, kind of a big-bodied freshman, real projectable frame. He's seen time in both. And so that's another guy that you that's kind of versatile, and you might see him one of the other spots. Um, so I think there's nine guys that can play in the outfield or that have seen time in the outfield. Uh, Bravo and Washburn are two of them. I think it's Dylan Carter's center field to lose right now. His bat has been really good. Uh, nobody needs to forget that Dylan Carter was, was beat up last year. Um, he seems fully healthy. He's been putting a ton of time in, in the cages so much time that he's wearing batting gloves right now, uh, which he's never done. Um, he, he's really separating balls and strikes. He's hitting bombs. He hit two on Sunday. As a matter of fact, um, I'm not saying he's perfect. He's going to be the best dude ever. I'm not saying he's your leadoff guy, but maybe he is, but he's seems to be seeing it better. Uh, there was one scrimmage I was sitting in. You know, they're all on pitch counts, and so sometimes they hit a pitch count for an inning and they just roll it like you don't finish the inning out. Uh, there was one where he put together a long at bat and he was battling and fouling a bunch of stuff off, and Matt Gardner started yelling at him like, hey, he's only got six pitches left. Do something, you know, Because, but it was competitive, you know, and he's walked quite a bit, and um, I just think that he's seeing it pretty well. So there's one. I think that you've seen Gage Harrelson a lot out there, highly rated recruit, uh, speed demon, uh, between Gage Harrelson and Jarrett Curtis, they're two of the fastest guys in the 60 that I've seen come through. Um, both of them ran the fastest shuttle time at the MLB Combine. I mean, they were almost neck and neck. I think they're like .03 seconds off from each other in absolute burner 60s. I'm talking, you know, 12 tenths of a second, or excuse me, uh, 12 hundredths of a second faster than Max Marshock, who was one of the fastest dudes we'd ever seen come. So they can they wow. can tear it up. Um, so Harrelson's seen a lot of time out there in the fall when Dylan Carter was not uh, playing just yet. He was finishing up some rehab uh, physically. He, Devin Hester, excuse me, Nolan Hester spent a bunch of time out there. <laughs> Devin, Devin Hester, Hester yeah. hell yeah. Another two-sport <laughs> athlete. Yeah. The portal is crazy these days. Yeah. Yeah, right. So Nolan Hester... Um, interesting note, high school teammate of Cole Stillwell comes in from Wofford. He's a fifth year guy. So has put in a full career, uh, you know, at, at a different level, uh, comes out and just tears it up. And my favorite thing that I heard today was from Mason Molina, as well as others, uh, that he is an absolute brutal at bat to deal with as a pitcher. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's an, he's an older guy that's really doing a good job at the plate, making life hard on pitchers. So, um, he put in a lot of time at center field. I think he's probably a hot candidate for left field at this point, but then there's plenty of competition there. Uh, Drew Woodcox has returned. He left and went to Rice last year and now has come back. Um, and then there's also Jarrett Curtis that I mentioned earlier, who's a freshman. Um, I think everybody's going to see some time at some point. You know, To me, I kind of put Woodcox at the top if you want the offensive lineup. Maybe you put Hester if it's a little more defensive lineup and you like what his bat's doing for you. Woodcox is a little more power-oriented. Um, or maybe you want Curtis and Carter and Harrelson all out there at the same time and it's the fastest outfield in the Big 12. Um, 
I like so that. You can kind of do lots of things, and I think they will. You mentioned that a lot of speed there. Is that the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team? Because last year you had no juice on the base pass, like none. Yeah, I think the way Gus put it was you had a kind of a clogger situation last year. You know, there was between Easton Morrell and Ty Coleman and Jace Young and other guys at different times, everybody was hurt and you just didn't have other options to go get them healthy. Jace Young drug a leg around all year long. You know, Morrell had a hamstring thing going all year. You just, you couldn't let guys have enough time off to get healthy because uh, you didn't have the depth. So I, I think you're faster and you have the depth to not have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I think you could, you could see that immediately. This team is fast. They're going to make life difficult on the base paths, but probably more importantly, you know, a duck snort to right field, you may be scoring from second rather than needing another hit. You know, you have that kind of speed out there. And I think that's a big difference too. Um, so yes, but I will add in another kind of X factor biggest difference. I think there's chemistry on this team too, uh, that you were probably lacking a little bit last year, which is, you know, not something you can predict. It just is what it is, but I'm just kind of smelling chemistry around this team. It seems like they're getting along, liking each other. And Tim Tadlock brought it up today kind of on his own in the press conference as well. And and I think that bodes pretty well because the best teams we've seen at Texas tech have been teams that really mesh well and get along. And I mean, it's a long season. You spend a bunch of time together. That's true. Uh, all right. So let's finish off the, the hitters, the defensive side here with the middle infield. Uh, you mentioned Will Burns, mm -hmm. um, a reclassified high school senior uh, who is on campus for the first time this spring, mm -hmm. but a two-star, two-sport, two-star, two, much higher than a two-star, a two-sport athlete with football, um, has a cannon, and mm -hmm. you said the build of or Orlando Garcia. So would you protect him kind of early at shortstop? Yeah. Tim Tadlock said today that they would be giving both of the guys that are getting time over there a chance. To me, he's got all the tools. You know, he's kind of just the dude right now. Um, the bat is good, but you're still a freshman. It's going to take a little time. Um, but yeah, he makes it look a little easier than it should, you know, and the ball just jumps out of his hand. I mean, it's one of those guys like the flip is, is, blowing 90 to first base you know that just looks like he didn't try i mean and we saw him play third uh, a little bit in the or uh, earlier in the spring and when he was playing third a little bit that was even more apparent and then you've seen him do some stuff uh, that's been impressive at shortstop and i've also seen some chemistry developing with who i think will be playing second um you know some behind the the back flips and just some of that fun turn two stuff which is something else kind of to your point on speed Kyle that you you struggled with turning two last year and that's kind of a hallmark of this team or it has been over in certain years and I think you'll see a fair bit more of that again uh, as well but yeah I mean I kind of lean burns Tracer Lopez is the other guy there also reclassified he's a full year burns came in at christmas time lopez has been here all all year long um Totally different situations. Burns was probably a draftable guy. Um, 6'2", 175. I think he looks a little bit bigger than that. Does not look like a guy that needs to grow. You know, he looks a little more grown than that. Um, as far as strength and conditioning stuff, uh, Lopez, small, twitchy guy. Both play a good shortstop. They're different. 
you know, Burns definitely flashes more tools. But Tim Tadlock said something interesting today when he says things like, he's a baseball player. You know, I mean, he's, what he's getting at is that they love it and they're versatile. But he said today, he said, during COVID, Tracer Lopez was a kid that never stopped playing. I saw him at everything. He didn't ever say, this is going on. I'm not going to go play. He played more baseball than anybody I saw. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Perspective, you know, that he loves it. Just one more note on the hitters here. You have some potential for an all name team just early. Tracer Lopez, uh, Tabor Fast, Tabor Fast. Uh, first baseman you said was uh, Damian Bravo. Gavin Cash. Oh, Damian Cash. Bravo, yes. I mean, there's just some great names here. Basil. I mean, you, you really have some real potential for an all name team here in the Big 12. <laughs> I, I'm very excited for that. Are we just going to ignore Woodcox here? Woodcox, yes, great. Yeah, Jarek. I mean, there's some great names out there, but Tracer Lopez, uh, Burns even is a great name. I'll go ahead and tell you guys, um, I was very disappointed a couple classes ago when Drew Woodcox was a freshman uh, because there was a guy that ultimately didn't make it to campus, and his name was Cole Plowman. And so to have a Plowman and a Woodcox on the yeah. same team was would have been – Yeah. It's just a head. It's a headline writer's dream. Yeah, that's great. We're going to shift gears here and talk pitching in just a moment and names. But before we do, we want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Rahino Barbecue out in Olton, Texas. Texas Monthly Top 50 Barbecue joined in the entire state of Texas. I have not come across a better one, though. You can also find their mobile truck going all across West Texas. The lines are long, so get there early. Uh, you can order ahead at rahinobbq.com to make sure your order is there when you show up for lunch. Open Thursday through Saturday. <laughs> There it is. If you're watching on YouTube, look at that. It's, it's just delicious. magnificent. Rahino Barbecue, you know them, you love them. We appreciate their support of the Gambling Gaucho. So, all right, while we're talking names. Hey, wait, hold on. This, if, you're, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday morning, uh, Thursday, they've got a, a half chicken sausage, two sides for 12 bucks. Whoa. Yeah, they, they rolled out some really good lunch specials. Yeah. So, they have anyways. the best turkey that I've ever had. Yes. Yeah. It just... Hands down. And they have lots of good food, but the turkey's legit. And they don't pay Keith, so you got to trust no. them. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh, they're Christmas. paying you guys. Santa was there. <laughs> We're going to talk pitching and sticking with the theme of cool names. Keith, you probably hate this just because this is a, a stylistic difference between your coverage of the baseball team and my coverage of the baseball team, if you want to even <laughs> call it coverage. But uh, last year, there were some good pitchers, uh, mostly relievers, but good pitching names that you can make good puns and memes off of. And so I know you're familiar with start bench cut. We're going to have a wrinkle here. It's going to be start like starter reliever bench cut. Cause there's, four I, I don't want to mess up your flow, but we haven't talked about second base before we get to oh. pitchers. Well, you did mention uh, Alex green, Austin green, Austin green. Sorry. Yeah. Who, who else? Well, we mentioned, you mentioned him when we were talking about turning double plays. Oh yeah, that's and right. And then we did mention Tracer Lopez. Is he is he also in in play for second I think base? He's in the mix for moving over there. Yeah. Are there any Austin other Green's names? a JUCO guy. Any other names you want to mention there? No, that's it. Sorry, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> you probably again, you probably hated that I did this on Twitter, but I'm asking you for a variation of start bench cut where you have four options: starter, reliever, bench cut. Um, Andrew Devine. We did Divine intervention, and it was like a picture of him. Uh, what's that painting? Yeah. Anyway, 
uh, Derek Bridges over Troubled Water. That one's my personal favorite. I don't want to influence your decision because they would always stick him in like in a, in some sort of jam, and he would get you out of it. So Bridges over Trouble Bridges over Troubled Water. Austin Becker's can be choosers, and then sometimes less is more. But Andrew Morris, not less. So I need you to start, relieve, bench cut those four pitcher punts from last season. Um. <laughs> one more time the divine one all right we've got divine intervention bridges over troubled water beckers can't be choosers and morris not less um cut the morris one same fair i'll start bridges relieve divine and uh bench the becker Beckers can't be choosers. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to Becker. That guy's terrifying. I agree. <laughs> that guy is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> a, more, a more substantive question, which I will be workshopping new memes and name puns for this year's team. Um, the pitching rotation was kind of announced today, at least the first weekend starters. Um, you know, I think it was really funny sometimes how off the general fan sentiment is versus reality. Last season, some fans of Texas Tech baseball were griping so much about the pitching. They wanted to fire the pitching coach. Uh. And then all three of our weekend rotation guys get drafted high enough that they leave. Um, Chase Hampton really came on strong at the end of the season. So did Molina. I thought, uh, I think he had a no, no through like six innings in the big 12 championship or the uh, big 12 tournament. So anyway, uh, talk through the, the weekend starters and, and maybe what we might expect to midweek guys or like if there's movement on the weekend rotation, who's maybe sitting there like fourth or fifth on the depth chart who could maybe play his way up to being a weekend starter. So, yeah. So rotation was announced. Um, there was a lot of people at the presser and nobody asked what about Monday, but they announced Kyle Robinson, who's a sophomore for Friday, Mason Molina for Saturday and Bo Blessy for Sunday. Um, but what coach Tadlock told us was we have a six man rotation and we talked about even running it that way and alternating, you know, like they're that good. And he said, so you got to pick somebody and the rest go to the pin. But, and he, then he said, but I'm going to tell you who they are. And they were Brendan Girton, Trendon Parrish and Tabor fast. So Next week, so right now you got a four game weekend. So I'm curious about Monday, but next week is a six game week. You got a four game weekend against Western Illinois and then a two game midweek. And so I'm curious to see what they do with that and if you see all six of those. So Kyle Robinson, I he he's from Virginia, but he's kind of via San Antonio in his life. So I mean, more of a Texas kid than it seems like. He is a guy I think I have the feeling they were hoping would be this last year and just wasn't quite ready. And so, I mean, projectable, really good stuff. Um, I just question, and it's not because it's him in particular, I just question as a sophomore with little experience, is he mentally prepared to come in and start, you know, on a Friday night and facing their best guy? That's what that's what remains to be seen for me. Nothing about him, just it's reasonable to ask. Um, I think you know with Molina what you get. I think he's probably, he's that much more mature, calm, cool, and collected kind of guy. Um, I think, I think he's probably your most, um, 
steady guy at the moment, you know, in the rotation. Uh, Bo Blessy, most pre- people probably don't know who he is. Uh, he went to Midland Lee. He was drafted at a high school, spurned that, went to Nebraska. He was one of the top prospects in Texas. A couple years of very little action. Came back to Midland College, came to Tech last year. Really a fringe guy last year. I mean, not a big option out of the pen, um, barely on the roster at times, and then did a lot of work. And I think kind of got the mind right. Uh, The body has fully filled in for him. He's healthy, uh, which has been a struggle. And um, Hudson White made it very clear to us today, he's not bumping 99, he's sitting 99. And he has, and Mason Molina said he has the best slider I've ever seen. So I think there's a lot of expectations. Everyone, all three players and Coach Tadlock that we talked to today all talked about Bo Blessy and how good he is and how poised he is to have this breakout huge year. So I hope that's the case and that it all, you know, comes together. So I'm excited about about seeing what he has. The stuff looks real deal. I mean, it's electric. And so I'm I'm certainly excited for it. Um and then the rest of those guys, Brendan Girton, very similar from a velo standpoint. I mean, he's throwing absolute gas right now. Kind of know what you get with him. You just lost him to to injury for part of last year. Um, and then Trendon Parrish, another guy you lost to injury last year. It's as good as it's ever been. Um, he is he. The fact that he's back is incredible, and I'm really excited about it. So. Um, I think that's a big one for you, and and I'm kind of mentioning who could be midweek guys or potential weekend guys, depending on how it shakes out. And then probably the most interesting is Tabor Fast. He's a two-way guy and probably as good of a two-way guy as you've seen around here in quite a while. Um, And, you know, played some at first base, may still see him do some of that, throws really well, and I think he's a guy that could be a Friday night kind of starter for you before this is said and done, you know, this season even, but... Uh, certainly a guy that I think will get some starts one way or the other. Uh, I think that they like him a whole lot. So um, I hope so, that answers some of your question. So we're buying stock in Bo Blessy, and Tabor Fast is basically Shohei Otani. <laughs> I think that's what I heard. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to second base earlier. Uh, Austin Green is a switch hitter. So a little Very wrinkle nice. there. Very yeah. nice. I think that was Austin Green. I probably need to double check that. I've got some potential tweets that Kyle is going to fire off during baseball season. Uh, hashtag no Blessy. That's, that's, that's going to be one. Yeah, I think that one is is kind of a layup. Yeah, and then uh, Tabor fast, more like throwing fast. <laughs> I think I can workshop that one a little bit. That one probably needs a little workshop. It just sounds like Kyle, though. <laughs> or Tabor, I hardly know her. That's yeah. what I was waiting for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to work on those. I got to get the laser eyes, slide the uh, saturation slider yeah. all the way up on their on their portrait that's on the website. Uh, um, are we going to get an updated roster before Friday? So the number for the roster is 39 players. 35-man okay. roster. You get up to five COVID dudes still that have that year to, to continue to use. And text number is 39. That's from Coach Tadlock at the uh, first pitch luncheon. Um, my understanding as of today is there was one more decision to be made. Okay. And so, but yeah, it's a little late. I mean, we are probably the only team in the country without a roster at this point. 
there is, is there is a roster. It's just not completed on the website. Not public. Yeah. yeah. So is Butch Bacala about to have a field day with us in another couple days? <laughs> I hope he tries. Yeah, somebody's about to get cut. Him. That went really great for him. When people started digging up like former fraud allegations, oh, that yeah, yeah, I'm surprised nobody posted his home address. There was, a, they might have. <laughs> there was a, it, probably just one of his burners that he forgot to switch to. <laughs> Doxes himself with his own burner. Yeah, look at these guys. They're doxing. Oh, that was me. Um, <laughs> another guy, uh, Ethan Ethan Combs. Another pitcher, Ethan Coombs. Coombs, okay, coming from LCU. That. Yeah, yeah, but also other three other colleges. <laughs> yeah, this is his fourth college. You're the Jonathan yeah. Stormont of the uh, baseball team here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's cool. I mean, yeah. the fact and and it's, it's like always been an upward up. trajectory. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's what's that's interesting. And um, he's actually thrown pretty well, you know. And I hope he's not the last decision being made. You know, I don't know, but. Uh, I've I've enjoyed seeing him, and I think that's cool that coming out of New Mexico and kind of battling your way through a couple of spots and ending up here in your final season. I mean, that could be that could be big stuff for him. So, right-handed guy, Rob. I've got some like general kind of season outlook questions. Do you have anything else specific about the team? No, I don't want to put Keith in any weird positions here at the bottom of the roster. I, I there are some other no. questions, but. I will say that I, I'll mention a couple of dudes. Okay. Um, so one, Travis Sanders, um, he's your only top 100 player uh, that was drafted and came to campus. So I know that's some qualifiers, but highly rated guy, drafted guy. You had two, you had four recruits drafted, two made it to campus, two went. Um, he's working through an injury right now. He's definitely a, a third base shortstop kind of candidate. You know, and and I think you'll still see him this season, hopefully. But um, that's a that's a name that I think people probably have heard. Another guy, the other one that you had drafted was Zane Petty, a right-hander, really good arm. Um, kind of got lit up a little bit in scrimmages sometimes, not every time, but sometimes, and that'll happen as a freshman. And uh, still a really good arm, but just a guy that needs to grow a little bit. That's a name people know because I think D one projected him as a potential starter in the fall. Um, so I'll, I'll mention him. There's a guy named Jacob Rogers that uh, not lighting the world on fire. I mean, he's doing fine as a freshman. He just reminds us physically of Ty Harpenau. He kind of sets up like him and and looks like him just physically. So that's kind of a fun one to look for. But there's some good lefties. Uh, you don't have a ton of them, but there's there's some good ones. Brendan Lysick is back. A guy named Hudson Luce is six seven. Um, uh, a JUCO guy. I was gonna say Lysick six six six. Another guy named Zach Erdman. Six six Lysick. I think last six six six. Do you have yeah. four pitchers six six? Because Kyle Robinson six six two. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Bo, Bo Blessy's a pretty big dude too. That's that's new a little bit. Yeah, and I remember looking at this class over the last few years. I think there's another one that didn't make it to campus that was pretty tall too. And I remember thinking like when we went to Kentucky, when Tech went to Kentucky a few years ago and had a bad road trip, like 2018, I think it was. I remember. Every one of their starting pitchers was six seven. Yeah. So not only are they hitting you with these like whip arms, but then they've got the angle, you know, too, this downhill angle. And so I wonder if there's some of that in there, like kind of looking for some of those guys that you can develop. When uh, TCU generally has a tall guy that gives you trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of one of their 
hallmarks, it seems yeah. like. One guy we haven't talked about, Zach Vuletic. I think he's your fourth catcher. Um, still has the best forearms and quads in the in the Big 12. Yeah. Hands down. Is he still wearing uh, medium pants? Well, Shash <laughs> only gives you one pair of pants, and okay. you don't get to swap out. So, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> he's pretty tight with that stuff. Yeah. No, uh, Vuletic, we have seen in almost every position through scrimmages. So, he's your fourth catcher. Um, he caught in high school. We've seen him all around the infield uh, and seen him in the outfield. I mean, that's a great toolbox guy to have when you need him. I hope he can find a place and and, and earn it, you know, but it's going to be tough. There's there's no doubt. It's going to be tough for anybody that ends up on the field. There's The internal competition, I think, will last all year. It's going to be ongoing. So, All right. Take it away, Kyle. Season outlook. Um. I remember being at the Super Regional versus Stanford two years ago when it was 109 degrees. And by the way, getting to know the Gauchos, Keith, if you don't know this already, it was during one of those breaks where I went underneath the bleachers to get some shade when I first slid into Rob's DMs and was like, hey, do you want to start a, a sports betting podcast? Um, anyway, as you know, Texas Tech got their ass kicked and – it seemed to me like the fan sentiment after that was like, okay, we just tip our hat. They're better than us. Good season, whatever. But last season, when you lose in the Statesboro Regional and really kind of throughout the regular season, it felt like the fan sentiment was more along the lines of frustration, disappointment. What do you think is a fair expectation for this team? Like a fair benchmark where if we fall below it, some disappointment is warranted. And if we exceed it, then everybody should be happy. For this particular team? Yes. Um, this team should be in the postseason. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think that's a fair expectation with a team full of – with this many freshmen. There's 15 freshmen on this team, not to mention transfers that have come in new. Um, I think being in the postseason is great. I think that if they're if you're back to hosting, you're looking back at 40-win season, then they've really – they have – done what you hope they can do. You know, I think that there's a ton of talent. You need them to come together. You need some kids to grow up. I mean, I looked at at bats as a gauge, at college at bats as a gauge of of how ready a guy is, how much experience he has. Ty Coleman has 560 college at bats. Nolan Hester has like 486. And from there, it drops down to Dylan Carter at, you know, in the 380s. And so a lot of dudes are just going to have to grow up this year, you know, and there's going to be growing pains and struggles and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you're hosting a regional um, and competitive and playing the postseason, that's really great with that, you know, with this level of, of young guys. I have higher hopes than that, but I think that's a place that that fans could look and say, OK, like that's reasonable. And, you know, that's barring, of course, injuries and the unknown throughout yeah. the season. Uh, start bench cut, and this is just in general for a Texas Tech baseball season, not this one in particular. And so when we do this start bench cut, if you take one result, it means you don't get the other two results, if that makes sense. And it might make more sense after I read the options. Yeah. <laughs> so start bench cut, Big 12 champions, three guys that are drafted in the first round or hosting a regional. Mm. Start the regional, bench the Big 12 championship, cut the first round. I would be confused as to how you would have three first-rounders and not host a regional. 
They stand alone. Well, is what Kyle's saying. I guess so. you'd be like. That's what I'm saying. Like a, no, I just. Yeah, no, you're like an underwhelming SEC football team where you've got talented guys, but you go eight and four. You know. Like, did, did Miles Garrett ever win an SEC championship? No. For clarification, drafted. Tech baseball has three first rounders in its history. Yeah, right? ba- baseball is different. Yeah, three is a lot. Football. Yeah. Yeah. I I say what I said. I start the regional because it's your chance. To, there's a chance to advance. Yeah. I'm I'm 100% with you on Banners Fly Forever. I piss Gus off every time I talk about 2017 being a disappointment because we won a Big 12 championship. Right. But you didn't get out of your own regional. Yeah. You know, yeah. So and you annoying. lost to 5-7 junk thrower. Oh, they threw like 240 pitches <laughs> oh, that I know. weekend. Yeah. That was brutal. Threw like 82. Horrible, horrible facial hair, too. <laughs> Oh, that, that was man. the worst part about it. Heckling yeah. at first base and their first base coach was one of my favorite baseball memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the worst part about it. Not hey, can you... we do a can we do a getting to know the dugout? Can we talk about my yeah. my little piece in the beginning of the Gauchos? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to tell the story. I want Rob to tell it. Uh, so we were going back and forth with BJ Simmons on uh, Twitter about something, talking about making some picks or something. And Keith texted me or DM'd me personally and said, get off your ass and start a podcast with BJ Simmons. <laughs> so like, I think I texted both of you. Well, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what we're doing. That's the plan. And then uh, BJ was an early guest and has been a fit of the program since. Yeah. 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 I believe that was a direct quote. <laughs> something, something like that. I think that. it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> that seems reasonable. Yeah. Last year, you had a few freshmen get some sort of all Big 12 honors, even if it was maybe just honorable mention. But who's the freshman on this team? And it can be a pitcher or a position player most likely to make an all Big 12 team at the end of the season. Tough question. I'll give you two. Um, one's cheating because he's both. Tabor Fast, I think, is one of those. Um and I'm going to go with Will Burns. And it's only because I think he'll probably see the field a little bit more. Um, I think that those like Gage Harrelson, Jarrett Curtis, some of those guys are going to have really good seasons. I'm just not sure how much they're going to be in the field compared to older guys, each other, some of that. But yeah, I would, I would go that way. Will Burns and Tabor Fast. Similar, fast from the pitching standpoint. Yeah. A similar question for you. I know you know all these guys' names, but the more average fan like me does not. So, like, I didn't know Hudson White's name going into last season. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew Jace Young and Issa Morell, those guys. So who's a name that people don't know now that they're definitely going to know at the end of the season? Mm. I think Nolan Hester. I mean, I don't have anybody that we haven't talked about already. I mean, Nolan Hester, for sure, the the Wofford transfer. I think you're going to see him a lot in the outfield. I think you're going to see him be really successful at the plate, and I don't mean with fireworks. I, I think George picked him as his leadoff batter right now. I mean, just and, – and when I hear pitchers telling me how awful it is to pitch to a guy, that's yeah. an old bat that, that knows how to make their job difficult. Yeah. And we have good pitchers. Texas Tech has good pitchers, so that's a positive. Um. I think Kevin Bazell will be another one. And so we didn't talk about him a whole lot. Um, Tim Tadlock looks at him as a returner. He was a redshirt last year because he transferred from DBU 
after the fall semester. So he wasn't able to play, but he's able to be with the team and practice and all that. And we saw him in, in uh, scrimmages in January and thought, oh, crap, I wish this guy was playing because he is he is a straight-up gamer, um, great bat, really good in the field, really good defensive catcher, um, can do all those things. I think he's a name that they will definitely see. And honestly, you're deep in the outfield. I said there's nine guys that can play out there, but in one position group, your catchers are, are three guys that you kind of want on the field every day in one way or another, if possible, or you may, or they may make you do that. And so I think, yeah, I think Kevin Bazell would definitely be, be a big name in that one. And they may relearn the name Drew Woodcox too. So I looked up some national championship odds for the big 12 schools. And I'd like to use these as sort of like a rough, preseason power rankings, and I want you to tell me if you generally agree with the order here. Um, Oklahoma State had the best odds at 25-1 to 1 to win the national championship. Texas, 30-1. to 1. Oklahoma, 40-1. to 1. TCU, 50-1. to 1. Texas Tech, 75-1. to 1. And then pretty steep drop-off. Baylor, 200-1. to 1. Kansas State, 300-1. to 1. West Virginia, 400-1. to 1. Kansas not listed, so I assume – they're probably considered the worst team in the conference. Head coach as well. Yeah. Wasn't the last guy there for like 20 years? Yeah, he was there a long time. He lost for a long time. So anyway, do you generally generally agree Tech is basically right in the middle and Oklahoma State, Texas, OU, TCU in some order are the top four? Well, Texas was picked – or excuse me, Tech was picked by the coaches at number three in the preseason. Um. I think the general consensus, because of returners and tra- and transfers, Oklahoma State and TCU are kind of the class of the conference right now. Um, I think Texas is exceptional at finding ways to underperform um, in basically everything. I think we all agree on that. Uh, <laughs> they also lost but, a lot. What's that? They lost a lot. Yeah, you lose your you lose the Golden Spikes player. Yeah. You know, you lose Ivan Melendez. He's a huge part of that team. Um, lost other guys too, in in a bunch of arms, and so. Um, I put tech, I think the fact that the coaches put tech third shows a lot of respect for Tim Tadlock and understanding for this class, uh, where national folks, you know, kind of putting you in the lower twenties are not really sure who everybody is yet. Um, so, but I, I definitely think tech is, I mean, I think top four is a fair place in the conference, you know, so better than, better than top half. Not that there's a half for nine. So the last three full seasons, going back to 2019, because 2020 was canceled, you won 16 Big 12 games, 14 Big 12 games, and 15 Big 12 games. So you've pretty much right, been right at that 15-win mark the last three seasons of Big 12 play. Now the schedule shapes up really interestingly, and you alluded to this. You play the four best teams that I just mentioned with the four best odds, your first four series. Mm-hmm. And then you play the worst four teams in the conference, your final four series. And so this could definitely be a case of at least appearing slow out of the gates just because the competition is so much better. And like, even if you struggle through that, it doesn't mean for a second that you're out of the Big 12 race or the postseason race. So those first four Big 12 series, you'll play 12 games. If I gave you an over under of five and a half wins, you go an over or under? One more time. So the first four series, Oklahoma State, Texas, Oklahoma, yep. TCU, you'll play 12 games uh-huh. over or under five and a half wins. In over. That over. Okay. Yeah. You, you think they'll manage 500 or better in that stretch? I do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that first one, so to kind of on that point of the schedule, that first, I mean, your first true road series is in Austin. Yeah. I mean, your first road series at all, but I mean, you'll be going to, to Minute Maid for a tournament, but, and this goes to some of the Twitter traffic that's been going on around basketball with the University of Texas. I believe the last time you were at Dishfalk Field, you set a series record for their ballpark over the course of that weekend for attendance. I don't believe that. I know that for a fact. Yeah, we're their and Super Bowl. Really good games. We are definitely their Super Bowl. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Oh, I love um, that. And so that's a big that's a big atmosphere, you know, and you're taking a bunch of young kids in there and it's going to tell you a lot. You're going to play Oklahoma State before that at home and have a bunch of other home games, but you know, you're going to walk into a really big environment against that that logo um and we're going to see if they pee down their leg or not, you know, yeah. but I do think against that tough competition at that point, I mean, you'll, you'll have some, some at bats and some time under your belt at that point to shake some things out. Yeah. I think that there can be pretty competitive. I and I always question, I mean, LSU's got the best team money can buy right now. Right. Everybody's picking them far and away to win the national championship, but at the Matador club concert that they had at buddy Holly hall, Cody Campbell started it and talked to everybody from the stage and then Joey McGuire talked and Cody Campbell brought up two football programs that have done NIL wrong in different ways is the way, the way he put it, Oklahoma state burying their head in the sand and Texas A&M wrecking their locker room by buying this ridiculous class. That's how he put it. And that's what I question and wonder what LSU is doing, because if there's a strength for this team and Mason Molina told us this today, actually in media, he said he chose Texas Tech over Oregon State, and he was kind of interested in UCLA, was because these coaches weren't going anywhere, and he felt like they were in it with him as much as he was in it with them, and that he liked who they were. He's like, I live 10 minutes from the beach, and I came to Lubbock, Texas, to play baseball. So culture fit matters, and this is what Cody Campbell was talking about in NIL and doing it the right way, you know, and, and not wrecking a locker room and all that. And with a team that's building a culture the right way and has continued to do that year after year, and it's part of the success and Tim Tadlock and these guys that haven't left, I question the Oklahoma States and TCUs and LSU is kind of the extreme example, bringing in every major talent you can find and throwing all the money in the world at them. But that doesn't mean you're making a team out of them. And, and that really matters in baseball because it's a long season and there's a lot of crap between the ears that can get messed up if you're not in the right culture and headspace. Yeah, I had a had a coach tell me one time, he goes, we can either be a team or we can be a bunch of guys wearing the same jersey. Yeah. I think that's I like what you're getting at. He was my yeah. freshman B team football coach. So but <laughs> hey really stuck that's with the great you. thing about sports. You know, you learn those life lessons. Um I, I feel like that's been a descriptor for another Texas Tech team this year that you guys have talked about. I think anyway, so. Uh, I should have mentioned before I proposed that question, two of those series in Lubbock, two on the road. So not a, there's not an imbalance there. Mm -hmm. Then the, the final stretch of the season, this is where I feel like conference championships are actually won or lost. Like, can you go sweep in Lawrence or are you going to drop one? Um, over or under eight and a half wins in the final 12 games. Again, two series at home, two on the road against the bottom half of the conference. Big 12 games? Yes. 
So at K-State, at West Virginia, at home against Kansas to close out the regular season. And and Baylor. So the 12-game stretch, the final four Oh, series. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 12 games. So home against Baylor, yeah. You said over under eight? Eight and a half. It's a sweep yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah. I think okay. there's three sweeps in there. Or could okay. be. Yeah, I think there's, I think it could be three sweeps. I mean, yeah, there's no so reason you're not beating Kansas and West Virginia, or and should if you're playing right. I mean, you should be sweeping them. I think K State's in that boat too. So and then, then we're going, kind of a question mark. So then we're going over 15 Big 12 wins, which is kind of the mark you've set the last three years. Yep. Okay. Did one of those? So you're saying 20, 20, 20 or. 19, 21, 22? Yes. Yeah, I think you won 16, 14, and then 15. Okay. So I was going to give you at the end there an over under 15 and a half, but you went over on both of those individuals, so I just kind of figured you were going. I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a bullish believer on anyway. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic sports person. I was yeah. trying to remember which one of those won a conference championship. Um, was your last one at 19? I believe I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. That you won late against TCU. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. So isn't that interesting though? That's an interesting number, Kyle. That one year that's winning a conference title and another year it's not even close. Yeah. When like you're hosting a super regional, one of those years for Stanford, and then you're a three seed in Statesboro. With you know, with the difference of one Big Twelve win, and I know the non-con played into that, but yeah. you could more or less be the same Big Twelve team and be a three seed in Statesboro or host a Super versus Stanford. Yeah, I don't think you on that topic. I don't think you were a three seed team. I mean, I had people tell me that that you on name only you didn't get a four seed, and I just don't think that's right. I think you were a two seed team. You know, that was the resume, and you got you got whacked a little bit because they because of who they were elevating and some of that but yeah. well and that regional as a whole was interesting because i think uh georgia southern you know definitely deserved to host but notre dame was the two seed in that regional and they were like one of the biggest snubs as far as not hosting a regional they of Huge course snub. win it and then they, they should have been off, a national seed yeah then, then they knock off tennessee in knoxville in the super and so you're kind of in a pretty loaded regional looking back at it you know, if you were better than a three seed, Notre Dame was definitely better than a two seed, and both of them are playing at the host site. So, yeah, I mean, I think Georgia Southern was the darling all year. They were the Cinderella everybody was was hoping would would have the resume so they could get to host. And I think the committee kind of gave it gave them that. But no, I think yeah, N- Notre Dame was a huge snub. Yeah, I don't think Tech got snubbed. I mean, I, I, you just didn't have a hosting resume. Right. But um, I don't think you're a three seed yeah. personally. All right, Keith, I know you're trying to get home at 8. Can we uh, run through the Discord mailbag with you? Yeah. All right, I'm not sweet. even rushed. Okay. All right. Just didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to invade your personal time there. I don't want to be the guy that makes like the shortest Gaucho's episode ever by any <laughs> oh, means. No, we're already an hour in, so you're good. <laughs> uh, all right. Discord mailbag brought to you by Diversified Lenders. If you need to turn your accounts receivable into cash, call Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. Uh, do you know what the Big 12 plans to do with the schedule next year? There will be 13 programs. 
Will there be a, a 10 series? Are we going to go to 11, 12 with, with some going back and forth? I have no idea. Okay. But I will say um, at the baseball tailgate dinner at Kegel's, Tim Tadlock kind of made an offhand comment about like, yeah, when they sent us this thing and we kind of all perked up and realized like, hey, there's a schedule in the office somewhere. Yeah. You know, and so I'm hoping that that there's a chance to get to, you know, put eyes on it and kind of have an idea. It's not a set schedule, but it's a, hey, look at this and see what you think, how this could work kind of thing. And that I'm curious. Yeah, I have no idea. Keith, would you support adding Gonzaga as a member, uh, primarily for basketball, but if they tagged along in baseball, would you be cool with that? Yeah, I mean, if I thought that with them being floated and other basketball conversations, if you do that in a way that gets you to an even number of baseball teams, I think that would be really a good way for them to think about that, you know, and it help. It's just another positive. Yeah. Um, may or may not work. I mean, if it was ba- basketball and baseball, I'd rather have UConn. The, yeah, they, no, UConn's they, been they both really have good. had, uh, of course, their basketball blue bloods, but they've also both had pretty good baseball success in recent history. So yeah, UConn's on an upswing. Yeah. Yep. And you got a little history with them. Yep. The back to back to back home runs and uh, extra innings for one. Uh, on the on the Monday of spring break, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, who leads the team in home runs and how many? Ooh, uh, that's tough. That's a good one. Um, I want to say a guy like Dylan Maxey, but I don't know if he's in the lineup every day. Um, that's tough. Woodcox Hester. It's not Hester's not a power guy. Okay. Um I th- Yeah, give me Huddy. That's gotta point. be it's gotta be Huddy. Yeah. And and it may be, you know, you mentioned Kyle, like those two, White and Washburn, were so important for you. They were a one two freshman punch in the middle of your lineup last year, and I think they are again, you know, just as sophomores. And and it may you may get a little maybe you get a little uh you know, Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle action with them. And because I think that their seasons could mirror each other as far as kind of back and forth, back and forth, who's got more home runs, who's got more RBIs, like some of that, because they can really play at a, a similar level. And uh, Hudson White. This is how, and how many? 12, 14, 16? Uh, I think double digits. Okay. Let's say your leader has. Yeah, I'd say 14. Okay. I want to go more, but... If they are back-to-back in the lineup, which I assume they... There's a good shot of that. Maybe as like the 3-4, 2-3, or the 4-5, something like that. It's hard to pitch around that, too, with one being a lefty, one being a righty. I mean, you can do it out of the bullpen if you're willing to you know, change relievers that often, but it kind of makes it more difficult for the opposing team, I think, versus like if the entire heart of your order is all righties or something like that. So... I hope they are back-to-back because I think that just adds another wrinkle that makes it hard on opposing pitchers. I'll throw a name out there in this conversation that as kind of a a flyer is Ryan Brome. And I'll tell you, I sat in a scrimmage and watched Bromey hit two home runs in a scrimmage, and one of those was straightaway center field. I mean, it was it was John McMillan-esque. He, he destroyed it. In fact, I heard – um I I heard uh, Eric Gutierrez, who was standing down a little bit from me, and he said, "Can I go? Can we go non-family friendly for a second? Yeah, 
He yep. said, man, he shit on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I love the baseball, uh, baseball isms when you get into <laughs> yeah. the dugout, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said hey, ducks, I, duck snort earlier, and I was thinking yeah, that's a great I noticed you like term, that. Yeah. I think that you haven't. There's a chance, and it's all chances. It's what do the freshmen do? What do these guys settle into? You could be extremely offensive, and you could be really dangerous one through nine. And I think the last time you really were like that was 19. And even then, you had freshman Braxton Fulford, who you've had to kind of push up a little bit, and in the nine hole that wasn't quite ready. Um, and that's not the case here. I think that you could be, you know, riding hot hands and really be one through nine tearing some dudes up. Uh, can we get an update on the facilities? Yeah, so there's a bunch. Um, they have replaced all of the um, the fabric in the overhang. You know, it was it was starting to get some holes in it. It was kind of getting a little orange, so it's all nice, bright red again. Uh, that's all been replaced. Did they extend uh, that? Enough? Out there one day, and Coach Tadlock was like, "Hey, they've been telling me to keep my guys away. That thing could fall at any time because there's a big like, you know, <laughs> what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, that you stand on. Oh, scaffold. Yeah, scaffold. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, who told you that?" He's like, "The guys that are climbing around on it all day." <laughs> okay. Um, they have replaced both foul poles with forty foot foul poles to help make those calls a little bit easier on home runs. Um, they have deepened the visitor's bullpen uh, to allow two guys to throw side-by-side. Side. It's just a little safer. Uh, so the tree that was in left field that was close to the fence is gone, and they've deepened that bullpen. Um, so those are all kind of superficial, simple kind of things that have happened. Um, the biggest one is the big facility that's going up in left field. Um, 14 plus million dollars. I actually got a tour of that. It's pretty roughed in, you know, I mean, it was no, no finishes yet. It was still open air. It was wet as they say. Um, but we got a lot, we got to see a bunch of renderings of what they're planning on doing. And so the lobby is like a home plate. And it's, I think that's actually on the ceiling. There's a big double T. I mean, it's very Womble esque. It's the same company, lots of cool finishes, Lots of graphics, MLB guys, all Americans, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but really, the the biggest thing is it makes baseball self sufficient. So there's, you know, all the manager storage space they could need. They actually made that space even bigger than the original drawings. Um, great locker room, great player lounge area, tons of coaches' offices all together. If people don't know, Coach Tadlock offices up in the right field corner right now, or up in the you know, that side of the field in the corner of that building. Um, and there's some offices there, but some of those guys use the radio booth as an office. Um, some of them office down in the player facility. So they're always walking back and forth. They're not with each other all the time. So this gets everybody together with the players. Um, and they're also building in training space. And so there's whirlpools, underwater treadmill, um, all the training tables that you need, you know, doctor exam rooms, um, all that stuff's in there. And so that is a big deal because they're not having to go share with football training facility, sports performance center, that kind of stuff. They're doing their own rehab, those things there in their building. So that should be done April-ish is what they've said with that one. I think it's dry now. So they've gotten, they were waiting for glass. Now they're doing sheetrock and, you know, it's starting to do finishes inside. Um, 
Oh, one more change that fans will notice. Coach Tadlock's office is on the left field side of that building, and there's a patio outside of his office. Uh, so you can go out on the patio and kind of look down the left field line. Um, so now there's a new wall, a brick wall that's gone up between the end of that bullpen and the you know that building, and it's all it'll be all padded over and everything, but it'll look a little different. So they'll finish that building in April. They will not move in. Um, they'll play out the season whenever they're done in the summer. Then team and coaches will all move into the new facility, and then the existing facility will be gutted. And it's connected. I mean, walls connected internally, doors in between. Um, they will gut that facility completely and fill it with cages. And it'll be, I mean, throwing, batting, infield. They'll have their, they've talked about uh, consultants that are coming in, and there'll be some really cool camera setups in there, maybe variable net kind of setups where they can do different configurations, screens, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they'll have a great indoor area to do a lot of things that they can't do right now. Um, so that'll happen over the summer and fall, and they'll get in there, you know, late next fall is the plan. So, so completed by like a red and black scrimmage next year? I think that's the kind of the hope. Yeah. I don't think the the gutting and all that part is a, a year long kind of deal. Right. As long as everything's available and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then exterior will look, you know, kind of cleaned up and better. And concourse on that side, I think, will be cleaned up a little bit with the with some of the changes. They've, but they're doing it right. I'll say that. They're, that building's going to look really good. They've put in a berm yet? <laughs> no berm. No berm. <laughs> no Kyle wants a berm. Yeah, I'm uh, a big berm guy. There is. Um, I do know. I mean, I'm a. I've been pretty vocal that I want a new ballpark. But um, I do know, and maybe this is what I think Lubbock has asked that. Um, maybe this way he's getting at. I know that. I mean, the conversations are ongoing, and they understand that it's not great. You know, and I know that, and, and I mean, up to Kirby, like there's things he knows he doesn't like. Um, nobody likes the metal stands, you know, and it's just, it's temporary feeling and it's loud and that kind of thing. Um, I do know that there's still the conversation about at some point about moving back, drive a champions and giving baseball a little bit bigger footprint uh, beyond that. I don't know anything, but, um, and obviously, I mean, Oklahoma state spent $85 million on their ballpark. You know, and it's really nice. Um, it has some weird quirks to it, in my opinion, um, as far as the seating and the size and stuff like that. But I, I don't, I don't know what the, where they're going to go next. You know, I would assume next steps at the ballpark would be some of the completing, you know, finishing out third base side and some sweet type things and and some of that. But I really just don't know. Our next question comes from Maddie. Uh, what the hell is OPS? <laughs> Let me Google that for you, Maddie. Yeah. It's on on base percentage plus slugging. And so kind of a measure of power and your ability to get on. So simple math in that one. And that's kind of the biggest stat that people look at nowadays, especially in the, to how, what a hitter's doing on the field. Yeah, it it's a big one. And when I wrote my previews, which we were talking about before we started, Rob, I mean, um, I think Ty Coleman is your is your DH right now, but there's some steps forward that I think he needs to make. You didn't see much power from him, and his OPS wasn't great. Um, he hit a lot of ground outs. He also hit a lot of doubles up the middle. You know, I mean, he had a good year, but there's some improvement that can happen there. And so, I mean, nothing wrong with looking for ways to be better, but 
Not that that's that's his job to do for himself, right. but I'm going to talk about it. Are you are you a guy who says RBI for plural, or do you say RBIs? I'm an RBIs guy. Me too. I, I like that. I yeah, like that. it's just kind of sounds silly. Yeah, I think it's overthinking it to be like, oh, well, it, the R is plural, but like other acronyms, we, right. we treat the same way. We put a, an S at the end to make it plural. Yep. It sounds weird to me, but like he has 25 RBI this season. I just say RBIs. Sounds like you're trying too hard. And I mean, I love Jamie Lent, but that's his deal. That and and fighting the fight of the rule book double or book rule double. Yeah, I'm an RBI guy. <laughs> you're an RBI, not eyes. Yeah. I thought you were an RTDB guy. That too. Rip the damn baseball. Uh, who is the next Kurt Wilson? You mentioned Vulatich earlier as a guy who's played a bunch of positions. I don't know if that's exactly what they're asking, but. Like who's the next folk hero of tech baseball? Is I that, guess. Yeah. That's really what Kurt has become. Right. Yeah. Who's the next big moment guy? Dude. I mean, let we should just talk about that for a second. I mean, you want to talk about some moments. Yeah. You know, and, and he's clutch. It, it's not just like Kurt's in the right place at the right time. Like he was clutch in those moments, the home runs. And, and I mean, you remember the walk-off steal last year, he, the next day he walks it off with a grand slam, Yeah, you know, against Texas. Um, and yeah, he's just something else. I don't think he ever caught. Yeah. I think that played, was the one. Yeah. He played every position on that field. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're on this team. It's crazy that you can make an argument that Kurt Wilson's walk-off grand slam in extra innings versus Texas might not even be one of his like top two moments at Texas yeah. Tech. No, I like, most guys that's hands down like their crowning achievement. But he had the super regional versus Oklahoma State home run, I think in the eighth that put you ahead. And like you said, the night before stole home, which is like just such a unique play to, to walk off by sealing home. Um, just insane how clutch he was. Yes. What about That's a guy a like one. Owen Washburn, who opened your season with a walk-off, and I think had another one last year. I think he had two walk-offs uh, last year. You have some clutchness there with Owen Washburn? Walk-off Washburn. Well, I guess that's really – what's the question? Is it the clutchness? Because I think, yeah. yeah, there's some dudes with the clutch gene right. on, this, on this team, but I think Kurt was <laughs> – it just transcends, and he right. played so long. Yes, you know. Yeah, and Tim Tad. I'll put it this way, and I thought it was the right way to put it. Tim Tadlock said at the first pitch luncheon, Kurt Wilson's probably the best player in the history of Texas Tech baseball to not sign, not get to go play professional baseball. Yeah, to not get the opportunity. Um, you could even look at a guy like Tabor Fast, who's coming in, maybe gets his start pitching, and then finally works his way into a, an everyday role on the field. Kind I kind of hope you did. got a bunch of those dudes. Yeah, I'm kind of. Ho- I, I I'm feeling like you've got a bunch of those. I'm hoping there's a bunch of those kind of clutch guys that that go up there and get a hit when you need it. Um, maybe less heroics and maybe more. Yeah. And Tim Tadlock talked about that too. I'll say at um at the uh, tailgate dinner last year, you had all these injuries and you found yourself in a lot of situations to need that. Like, all right, Jace, well, go run one out of here. You know, and in, you know, what's a better team, the one that gives you those memories, which are a lot of fun, or the one that builds a little cushion and is, and is winning consistently, you know, in a little less exciting games. Yeah. You don't know, you you don't need walk-off home runs or stolen base home runs when you're up by two in the ninth. 
That's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's just take a lead and then not have to have the heroics. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need back-to-back-to-back home runs and extra innings if you didn't give up, you know, three in the inning before. That was nuts. Yeah. Well, and it's I was talking to Josh Young uh, at one of those events, and Kurt came up, and he, just like anybody, any other fan, he's like, it's incredible. Like, that that dude was able to do that and had all those situations. But I could just feel a little hint of like, nobody remembers that Josh homered twice in that super regional game. Yeah. And, and one of them, and one of them was while Josh holiday was being interviewed. I mean, and, yes. and Josh Young hits the dinger and, and holiday's like, Oh no, just as he watches it go, you're like, yeah, we better let you go. Um, it's a great, moment. it's funny how that, how that kind of stuff is, is, gets drilled into your head and, and remembered. I mean, we know the call. Right. You know. Hey, I, I just thought of something. This is way off topic. It's not related at all to what you were just saying. Um, J-Bob is suspended for the opener, right? Yeah, I, I hadn't um, tweeted about that. J-Bob's not suspended for the opener. J-Bob's suspended for seven games. So the opener plus six. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because he got – J-Bob got um, – a game for the ejection. He got two games for extended arguing, and he got four games for bumping the official. Yeah, Which the, was the, the just bump. I thought the like, the umpire made contact. He initiated the contact, yeah. in my opinion. I, I hate that. Yeah, I agree. But it was yes, like, I think people have. I don't know that people have remembered that. I'm no, I forgot yet. that completely. Yeah, cool. and I actually had to go dig up my own tweet to remember the breakout of what the suspension yeah. was. It, you know what that reminds me of? It was 2019 when you played Arizona in football and Doug Coleman is walking back to the sideline after an interception and Mike Defee runs yeah. over to him, gets in front of him to like try to stop him and talk to him. And like Doug Coleman doesn't want to talk to him. So he's kind of like, he doesn't push him, but just like keeps walking and Defee throws a flag and gives him like a personal foul. It's like, Dude, just let him walk off the field. Like he's already going to his sideline. I he ran him down to lecture him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then when he didn't want to hear it, gave him a 15 yard penalty. I hate when umps and refs do that. Like you're the instigator, you're the escalator, and now you're going to toss this coach because like he fought back with you after you started an argument with him or something. It's he was just so the worst. stupid. Defeat was the worst. Yeah. But, um, and I wrote about this. I wrote an article at the end of the last season, kind of before I went dormant and, you know, took some personal break like mental break from baseball um about how these coaches love these guys and kind of why that happened um but what i don't think everybody is able to connect because these guys aren't nearly as recognizable we have history with texas tech baseball has history with that umpire um kicking out our coaches and it's and it's happened uh previously and it's written about in there i'm going to reshare it and remind everybody that yeah <laughs> that it's going to be it's going to be Tadlock and Goode out there, and not J Bob. Hilarious! I really had forgotten that seven games. That's that's. I think that's maybe right. the biggest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how does the Big Twelve stack up compared to other power conferences this year? Yeah, I think that uh, the SEC dominates college baseball, and and it's reasonable that they do. I mean, there's a lot of of really good and historically good programs there. Um, and I don't mean that they have an outsized role. It's reasonable that they are considered the top conference. Um, and then the ACC is usually in the second spot. The Pac-10 kind of used to have a claim to that. Oregon State, UCLA, some of that kind of depends on the year. 
Um, but I, I'd say the Big 12 usually is in the third spot. They're they're certainly usually in the top three as far as RPI conferences. Um, with you know, consistently Tech, Texas, TCU, and Oklahoma State being at the top and um West Virginia and Baylor kind of popping up and having good seasons sometimes, although uh Baylor has you got a new coach going on over there too. So and then the Kansases have struggled. And Oklahoma has some good years. Oklahoma has a legitimate case along with I mean, a kind of for Tech too as as a the sadness of 2020 for them because they really were stacked on the mound that year. So yeah, they have their moments. You know, they had their moments against you last year. Absolutely. Well, they got really hot toward the yeah. end of the, the season, and they lost. Yeah. They lost a lot too. Weren't yeah. they an older team? Yeah, they were. So yep. Uh, I did have a point on um, talking about the Big Twelve, and it's on our preview. George got got curious rock riggio is a guy that's being talked about in a lot of you know big conversations from oklahoma state and he went and dug up his stats and and rock riggio and owen washburn had basically the same year last year uh, owen washburn doing it as a freshman so kind of bodes well for potential you know if if once eyeballs get on those guys any any relation to craig Vigio? it was riggio yeah i was just yeah. now you smile <laughs> <laughs> that dry sense of humor. Somebody listening to this is probably like, "What an idiot!" <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I answered you like you're an idiot. I know you're not. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, all right, uh, that was the end of the mailbag. Are you ready that's for? It? Are you ready for a new segment? Oh, hey, just real quick. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Kyle explain part of that joke. There's layers to it because he was comparing Rock Riggio with Owen Washburn. And Owen Washburn actually is related to a former MLB, and so there's levels to this humor. I bet only David Collier has a sense of humor deep enough to have understood that layer of the joke. <laughs> we haven't talked about the younger Washburn who is injured. Yes, um, older Washburn. Oh, sorry, older. He was at Ole Miss. Yeah, Jack Washburn was at Ole Miss last year. He was at Oregon State to start his career. Transferred to Tech. Um, he was a guy that was projected to be in the rotation by D1 baseball. Did really well for Ole Miss last year, who won the national championship. Um, and yeah, he doesn't have a surgery injury, um, but he does have a multi-week injury. And so it's one of those deals. Is he out so long that he doesn't have time to get into pitching shape when he comes back you know and so questions for him where does it look like with the draft as Kyle just kind of alluded to his dad played 14 years in the majors um you know he's got all that to weigh if you see him back or not but yeah unfortunate but somebody replied to Kendall's tweet on uh, about that him and, and Ducart uh, who from Oregon State that was injured and said oh it's last year all over again it's not this team has a lot yeah. of options um, there's a lot of depth there. You don't like, you never want to lose anybody. Certainly not a guy like that that you that came in and you were excited about. But there's a lot of options. All right, now we're ready for the the new segment. Yes, there's the Big Twelve Hotline. Uh, we're going to do a voicemail of the week. Uh, we'll put this out on Twitter. I believe we've retained the same number. There were some issues there. I think I got the same number back, uh, Kyle. You didn't know that yet, but I think we did. Um, do you have do you have the soundboard ready to bleep out part of this voicemail? 
Um, yeah, we can try to do that. There's one word. Uh, yeah. Or do you want to set it up? Uh, so so the, the, this is going back to a couple weeks ago when, uh, like, out of nowhere, UCF Twitter just kind of came in like full Leroy Jenkins and everybody else on big 12 Twitter is like, who are these guys? I don't think they made a great first impression. Um, and I don't know what it is about that fan base. Cause like, I haven't seen anybody have an issue with Cincinnati fans or BYU fans. Haven't found any Houston fans yet, but like for whatever reason, UCF fans just super off putting. And so we put out a like, Hey, text us your thoughts on UCF fans or leave us a voicemail and so that's what I think most of these are about. Maybe there's some others that just are straight topics, but that was sort of the genesis of this. All right, so here's the Big 12 Hotline voicemail of the week from Big Mike. All right, well, hi there. This is Big Mike over here at the H-Town. Yeah, what it do, what it do. Big fans over there at the game. Is it playing, bro? Oh, you can't hear big, it? Uh, big shout-out no. to Big Mike on Twitter, just so I know you can hear me. Well, it's playing. Oh, but yeah, that UCF Twitter Mafia, man, that's a fucking joke. They ain't got no, they ain't got no spice to their tweets. They ain't got nothing. They're trying to mess with, with us uh, original Big 12 folk, and I ain't going to have it, man. If anyone come at them, I'll drop my pen. I'll Are you working on it? They like. No, it's playing. You, understand you just can't hear it. Shout out to the original. Well, how do you know the listeners can hear it? Oh, my God. Big Mike. (laughs) (laughs) It was recording. I checked. Just you can't hear it because you're on your phone. Keith, could you hear it? No. All right. Well, everyone else heard it. So I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on YouTube, but you will hear it on the podcast with Kyle talking over it the entire time. Well, can you play it without me talking over it? Well, you know, we tried it on that. Um. Here. Can you I mean, hold, I want to hear it. Here, hold on. I'm not going to go back and I'll listen play. to this. I'll hold your phone up to your I'll microphone. Play. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah, clearly. I want to know why you didn't ask the question from the mailbag about how handsome I am. Well, we had we had just had already done it at the beginning of the show. Mm. The, the With Keith big hands. So, yeah. Keith wanted to go over that topic again. <laughs> well, and there was somebody <laughs> else. Somebody else said that it was uh, you were a nine on a bad day. Oh, Yeah. So that's solid. I got a, I got some beard love too. You did. You have a very good beard. Thank you. All right. So we'll try this again, uh, to the standards of Kyle, but no beeps. So you're just going to get an F bomb fair warning. I go on Twitter just so I know you can hear me. Oh, but yeah, that UCF Twitter mafia, man, that's a fucking joke. They ain't got no, they ain't got no spice to the tweets. They ain't got nothing. They're trying to mess with, with us, uh, original B12 folks and, I ain't gonna have it, man. If anyone come at them, I'll drop my pen. I'll meet them wherever they lay. You understand me, gambling gauchos? Shout out to the original Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah, Big Mike. I like you. Yeah, I like you. I like you too, Big Mike. That's awesome. <laughs> That's glorious. So we'll have some uh, some hotline of the week, Big Twelve hotline of the week. So uh, we'll put that out. We'll put the number out again. So we'll you have to read some of those texts as well. Yeah, uh, I didn't know which one you were wanting me to read. I made a promise. Okay. I'll go through a few. Uh, Baylor fan here, UCF fans are like that new kid on the block that has only been allowed to come to the party because they knew a couple of people that were invited, uh, but secretly nobody knows them and everyone hates them. <laughs> 
talking with UCF fans is like talking with an AI that's been fed a steady diet of stale insults from 2014. I wish Joe Biden would ban Twitter from Florida and give the state to Cuba so we don't have to hear the phrase rent-free ever again. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Yeah. If if UCF is the is the friend of a friend that got brought to the party but nobody likes him, who brought him? Uh, yeah. Out of the hateful eight. Oh. It kind of feels to me like, oh, well, you know, Texas is leaving, so Texas's cousin can come in. They're a lot like Texas, but they just don't have all the success. It's kind of what it feels like to so it's me. It's like season four of a sitcom that's just yeah. really losing it, and they're like, well, let's throw in a random <laughs> character. Yeah, she's the Maybe new, we'll get a spinoff. It's like the new Aunt Viv. They <laughs> they just replaced him with it. It's the same character, but a new actor's coming in, the and way, everyone hates him. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to interact with unironic rage comic posters again. All of these people's brains did not develop past the age of 15. <laughs> uh, hey, it's Joe. Yeah, that one that you love. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, he says, I'm cold. I don't want to be cold anymore. There's no football help. Uh, and then there's a couple that enjoy the space game. Uh, and then one that insults their um, aroma that I can't read. Okay. So anyway, yeah, the, the Big 12 hotline will, uh, we're going to do a better job of promoting that and, and reading those on the show. Uh, hopefully actually listening to them on the show instead of just one co-host insisting that it's playing while it was. everybody just hears nothing but silence. Um, but anyway, f- fun little wrinkle we're adding to the gambling gauchos. Can't wait to hear from Big Mike again. I also like how he was like, hey, shout me out on Twitter so I know you heard this. It's like, Big Mike, he didn't give us your handle or anything. I searched Big Mike, but there's no Big Mike that follows us. So Hopefully we can find Big Mike. All right, final thoughts? You've now gone from not the shortest to maybe one of the longest, Keith, by the way. We're a minute, uh, an hour 40. And, and by the way, Keith, you played that any final thoughts perfectly. You paused for three seconds and then let Rob start talking again. Because when Rob asks you a question, he's not actually wanting a response. He just wants to keep talking after that. So you, you nailed that. Oh, my God. I wasn't. I, I was actually pausing because I thought, no, I'm not going to ask Kyle this question. But since you said all that, since all conference wins aren't created equal, Kyle, which year that Texas Tech beat Texas in baseball meant more than last year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Which year do we wait more? I would have to go back to the seasons where you won the Big 12 because, like, obviously all the focus and emphasis is on the last series. And so I remember one year you won it um, by sweeping Kansas the last series. And I don't remember how you fared against Texas, but – Theoretically, you could look back on, assuming you didn't get swept by them, and say one or both of those wins against Texas was, um, you know, helped you get a conference title. But I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think. You didn't win the Big 12 last year, but just the way you won those games was pretty cool. Uh, did, did you sweep them in Austin two years ago? In 2019, maybe? You swept them in Austin before. Yes, not That's two what years I was ago. Say. It was, you won the series, I think. Okay. I think. There were two really tight games in that one. You, you yeah. swept them. Uh, Tim Tadlock's first 
two or three years? Like you, you had a pretty good streak there in Austin. Yeah. David Price is a bum. Yeah. Oh, uh, one time getting to know the Gauchos. Pierce. One time when Texas came to Lubbock in baseball, their starting, I don't know if he was left fielder or right fielder, was my uh, high school football teammate. Um, obviously a very gifted athlete. He he could have played Division One football, but played Division One baseball instead. But he um, he didn't earn much favor with the Texas Tech fans because a lot of just arguing with the ums. He got like hit on the foot. He got hit by a pitch, and they stopped the game for like five minutes and kind of a drama queen about it. So anyway, it was it was kind of funny because like I knew him and um, you know I wasn't like sticking up for him in the crowd, but everybody around me was like really fed up with this guy, and I was like, hey, he's he's a good guy, you know, like whatever. Um, so anyway, that was kind of a, an interesting series. I don't even remember if you beat them or lost that series uh, or what year that was. But The last time to sweep Texas and Austin was in 17. 2-1-2-1-8-5. Getting to know the hecklers last year, a heckler who will remain unnamed, um, was really wearing out <clears throat> everybody from Texas he could. Um, it was the center fielder, I believe. Um, this person had really been wearing him out at the plate, and then he got on base, and when he came around to score, he ran all the way through the plate towards the hecklers who sit, you know, extended third, basically, and uh, ran up to the wall and looked up and pointed at him and said, hey, guy, mix in a salad <laughs> before he went back to the dugout. <laughs> He hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, he hasn't lived that one down. Yeah, has he? That's a pretty funny one-liner. Yeah, did he Mixing do it a for a larger fifty-plus-year-old man? Did he in a salad? Did he take the advice? He did. Next <laughs> on the next week, he sends a picture at lunch of a salad. Yeah, let's take a stride. Yeah, random. Sorry. Yeah, I appreciate you leaning all the way into that, Colin, taking it fully seriously. One of my favorite moments from the hecklers, it might have been against Texas. I'm going to, I'm not going to get up and like kind of demonstrate, but one of their batters as he was like settling into the box would do this like real over the top hip movement. And they they wouldn't say anything, but as soon as he like started swinging his hips, all the hecklers would be like, ooh, ooh. It's like that has to get in your head when you're, because like baseball is such a routine game and like, you know, I remember like Nomar going up there and like tapping his gloves over and over. And so yeah. that guy, I'm sure, like he can't adjust his routine, so he can't stop doing that. But like you know, he hears them every time they do that. I thought that one was really funny. The toe tap pitchers have it bad with yeah. those guys. One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> I love baseball heckling. Nothing's better. Oh. And when it's good, it's it when it's good, it's good. Yeah. And when it's bad, it's brutal. There were a lot of empty uh baseball stadiums uh when i was at lcu and i was i'm a loud guy and so i'm i just heckled the entire stadium i only ever had a few i only ever had a few uh respond to me a catcher from oklahoma christian we just were conversating by the end of the game just back and forth his name was like john rogers or something and he hit the mound his first inning when he's throwing back in the warm-ups back to second he just turfs it so the whole game i was like john the rocket rogers like when he's coming out to bat or whatever 
<laughs> I don't remember if I've, I might've told you this story, Rob, but I yeah. doubt Keith has heard it. Um, it must've been one year in the regional when Dallas Baptist was in Lubbock. And I didn't know this at the time, but the DBU pitcher, his parents are sitting literally the row right in front of me. And I have a bit at baseball games where every single pickoff attempt from the opposing pitcher, no matter if it's warranted, if it's excessive or not, he can throw over the, to first base for the first time all game and I'll yell, pitch the ball. And like, it gets funnier after like three or four pickoff attempts in a row. But anyway, so I'm yelling that at this kid and like his parents, uh, like haven't responded or anything at this point. But he, after I yelled that a few times when he went over to first, he like strikes out the next Texas Tech batter. And his mom like turns around. She was like, yeah, he pitched that one all right, didn't he? And I was like, yeah, you know, fair enough. The next batter takes him yard for like at least a two or three run shot. And she just like is immobile, just like looking straight ahead. Obviously, he wasn't going to turn around and say anything to me. And I wasn't going to like, you know, go overboard, like rub it in her face. Like, hey, your son just got his crap rocked out there. But anyway, she didn't like the pitch the ball taunt, I guess. When I used to sit at first base and we heckled, I mean, exclusively, we like to start with rapport. So every first base coach and first baseman, we were asking if they like tacos. And and that that started the conversation, try to get some, you know, something back, try to get them to spell their name with their butt, um, things of that nature. And then, but you got to wait for your moment to turn it on them um, and go negative but then you go back positive, tell them you're in their dome and laugh and try to get them to smile, uh, and then they make an error. Yeah. But Sam Houston State in 17, elite first base coach. Dude yes. was awesome. And we were conversating by the end. Yeah, can I, I remember, you know, because you just kept rolling out. It was just power arm after power arm. It was Texas Tech all the way. And McMillan was entering and warming up between the mound and second base as he did that year. And the guy was like, um, he turns around, he's like, do all your guys throw 95? And that was the point where McMillan had finally broken 100. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I mean, a few of them, it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just a couple. Yeah. We called that guy the wrong name all weekend, we found out. On purpose? No. Oh, you found <laughs> out. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Rob, I have a question for you about uh, heckling at a Lubbock Christian game against uh -huh. Oklahoma Christian sure you are in a conference with like all sorts of blank Christian universities or yeah. blank Baptist, whatever. Does that like nullify? It's so like with TCU, you know, Kansas State fans are going to be like, oh, that's a real Christian of you. How do you handle that in like LCU's conference when everybody is a Christian university? Yeah, so I was always pretty clean. Um, I didn't ever cross any lines. The I was in the middle of a story when you inter interrupted me earlier, but uh, – <laughs> The next inning, that guy hosed the guy at second. And he's like, how's oh, I thought that? you were done because no. you just like quit talking for a few seconds. Well, you jumped in real fast in the middle of the story. No, it hosed the guy, fast. hosed the guy at second. You're, you're doing around. a pregnant pause. He it's the millennial pause. I'm a millennial. So he turns around. You're a Gen Z, so you wouldn't know. He turns around <laughs> and uh, he's like, how's that for a rocket? And I was like, oh, is that your first you know, put out. And he's like, no, I had one in uh, little league anyways. <laughs> uh, nice. You should have mentioned that earlier. That's a funny story. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I did have trouble at Wayland one year. Um, I got thrown out of the game for heckling at the opposing uh, basketball arena. 
And then when Waylon made the return trip, uh, their athletic director found me and sat in front of me and was trying to throw me out of the LCU gym. And I was like, you, you have no... <laughs> you have no power here. You have no jurisdiction here. Like, I'm throwing you out, man. What are you doing? <laughs> so he was... He didn't like me, but uh, I feel like most. I was, you know, we were entertaining. We were, we had That's whiteboards. If nobody's we laughing, were, yeah, not doing we were, a good job. yeah. We had in basketball, we would sit across from the opposing bench, and I would draw the uh, opposing assistant coaches, <laughs> <laughs> and then like I would draw their shirts. And there was one guy who always had his bottom buttons unbuttoned on a sweater. So I'd draw him unbuttoned, and then he would button one. So I'd have to fix it. <laughs> then he'd unbutton it again, and I'd, you know, it was fun. One time, there was a guy that looked about forty from Rogers State, and we just mercilessly said, "You're an old man." The entire game. Um, and then we were at uh, Chicken Chicken Express, Raisin Cane's after the game, and their bus pulled up. He came in and sat right beside us, and we were like, "Oh God, some forty-year-old man's gonna kill us." <laughs> Anyways, final thoughts. You should offer him buy offer to buy him a fish plate or something. Yeah, whatever old man is. Yeah, some gizzards. Yeah. No, no final. I don't thoughts. have final thoughts. Okay, it's you know, I'm. People keep asking me about this team. I'm very hopeful. I think they have. A high ceiling. They're going to be more athletic. They're going to be more offensive. And there's a lot of depth in a lot of places. But there's a lot to figure out. So take that for what it is. And I'm so tired of people asking me if they're going to Omaha. Yeah, I intentionally didn't. But are they going to Omaha? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. We'll be there. Take it to the bank. I really want to go to Omaha. Before you before you go, Keith, power rank the gauchos. <laughs> All three no, of actually, them. Wait. Start bench cut or do I have a reliever to put into? No, just start bench cut the gauchos. But don't I'm cut start, Mainville. I'm starting Mainville. Good call. Yeah. 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 And I'm cutting both of you. Okay. Well, fair. <laughs> Let's just keep it even. There you, go. <laughs> you could have benched both of us, but uh, cutting is fair too. <laughs> I knew I was getting cut, but I didn't know Rob was getting cut with me. So yeah. I don't think anybody knows our inside joke about how often you mention Red Raider dugout and Dinger Derby on your podcast. Do we want to Kyle explain that real quick? Sure. I'll I'll keep explaining it if you want. Yeah. I mean, do you think anybody has listened through an hour fifty and is like, oh, I just I won't be able to do an hour fifty five here? Yeah, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually remember the genesis of it, but I think Keith, you like jokingly mentioned one time, you're like, yeah, y'all like never shout me out on the pod or like never mention. It was the uh, it was the first staking the planes planning meeting at um, at a local. Yeah. Watering local. Uh, yeah. No free ads. Yeah, I was trying to think of of at a at a hops placed a hops based business, and um, actually, I think more along the lines of what I said was, if you guys talk about baseball again and don't talk about Red Raider dugout, I'm not going to do this with you. <laughs> it was something to that effect. <laughs> well, we yeah, had so Dallas. Then of course, Braden. we went. 
we went overboard yeah. with it and like on our next episode we're like keith patrick who we mention all the time on yeah. this podcast every day yeah every episode yeah. well and you were i think there was some there was some pettiness because you were mad that i had that i had done a guest spot on another show who you know asked me to come on so Pro- yeah uh, probably jokingly but yeah we should make like an exclusive deal where i think i joked about this in the discord that like or no this is on the twitter dms I was like, as your publicist, I can't allow you to go on the 23 Personnel podcast because they booked you this week as well, I guess. But no, I mean. How, how many have you I mean, it, we really are peeling back the curtain when I, when I said, hey, somebody asked me to come on their podcast. And you said, you can't because you're doing our podcast Wednesday night. And that was the first I'd heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really thought Kyle had uh, already invited you on. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to. We're going to take it all the way to two hours or because at one point Kyle was like, Rob doesn't know this yet, but you're coming on the podcast. <laughs> so I thought y'all had already talked. I'm glad yeah. that it worked out. Yeah. I've been it's trying been to close this down weeks for 20 minutes. Still. Now, so. uh, Wait, hey, are you in a house? New house. That you own? Yep. That's awesome. Well, you know, the bank owns it for the next couple decades, but mm-hmm. yep. It's good. It came with a podcast studio, so that's where I am right now. It, yeah. it came with its own little Cardinal Sports Center studio. Kyle, when you listen to this back, you're going to want to try to figure out some other way to uh, be in there, though. Is it echoey? Yeah, when you get you a rug, maybe, and maybe some foam on the walls. So it's carpeted, <laughs> but yeah, there's no furniture in here yet, no okay. foam on the walls. Yeah. So I will work on that, but also I have literally nothing. I have a bed to sleep on. Yeah. How's and the headboard? Like some leftover pizza and a mini fridge, and so it's not even it's not totally fridge. set up yet. I lived in a house at 39th and U in college, and my roommate and I never bought a fridge. We just had three mini fridges stacked on top of each other for for the two years that we lived there, <laughs> maybe longer, until we moved into another place that had a fridge. Nice. Just cranked one down and used it kind of as a freezer ish. Gotcha. Kyle's gone. Yeah, he's probably checking Twitter or something. No, I had a phone call coming in. Oh, yeah, I have to. All right. Okay. All right. You know what's funny? Hang on. One more thing. You know what's funny that Rob does, Keith? When we're doing a stream or something and it it freezes or something, when you listen to it back, Rob will be like, oh, hey, Kyle, you froze. I don't listen to it back. I listen to it as a consumer, and I laugh every time. I'm like, yeah, Rob, I know it froze, but like, I can't hear you say that. And even if I could, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I have to exit the app and then get back into it. So I think that's funny that y'all were talking about the echo earlier and I couldn't respond because I was transferring my notes from my phone onto this thing. But uh, anyway. I feel like this is, I mean, we're right there in this becoming um, some sort of a session. And if that's the case, then I will be. I will be the guy. I'll be shrinking. We can do a shrinking episode. Yeah. Um, it's in, it's fantastic. It is very good. Yes. But I, 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 feel like, was... I feel like you guys are just desperate to talk about your problems. Like it, <laughs> One of us is. You're right there. Yeah, one of us is. I have to move my hands way up because I can't see them in the when I'm moving them. <laughs> what do I, do I have no hands? problems with here, Rob here whatsoever. There's no no beef. No beefs. I I don't have any beef. Here we go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Here's the Dinger Derby uh, opening day vibes. <laughs> Here we go. I almost made my name not Kyle. Kyle didn't do a fun name this time. Yeah. Usually does. Killed the bit. So this is this is all baseball. Like we haven't. You guys haven't talked about basketball at all. Okay. All right. Let's. <laughs> Let's not get into everything here. Do some Keith, who, do you, who do you think should be the oh, starting God. quarterback, Baron Morton or Tyler Shuck? Like, you don't have to answer that. I'm I just... want Will Burns to have a shot. <laughs> Is Will Burns going to uh... participate in any spring football? Or you think he'll? I, I can't imagine he yeah, can. I wouldn't. Either. I mean, and you know what? We really didn't get into that, and nobody's listening anymore. But um, <laughs> it is interesting. Obviously, there's a Patrick Mahomes comp there as far as two sports starting out, but Mahomes was football first. I mean, right. came to football first physically and then came to baseball physically unable to play baseball anymore, basically. Um, Burns is the opposite. He's coming to baseball first, and I wonder strength and conditioning-wise if that changes things a little bit, the balance is different, I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a keep going comment. Yeah, we're going to filibuster Twitch. um but i wonder if that changes things physically and then um you know what his decision making looks like because your last true two sport guy contributor both ways you know high level player on in both sports was probably cody fuller which was 2005 four five so i mean and and I think it makes it's probably more likely for a wide receiver to go play baseball and be a contributor than it is a quarterback, considering the workload, the level of competition, one versus eight options to get on the field or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I'm curious and, to see how it plays out. But Tadlock has said publicly uh, that Joey McGuire sealed the deal on on Wilburn's coming here. That um, the reclassify thing was on the table for sure, but there were very few schools going after him for both sports, just two or three. And when Joey agreed, like, Hey, yeah, come take your shot. That it was a, uh, it was a big part of it. So you get Matador money for both sports. I don't know about NIL or how that works. And he's a PWO. So I'm assuming he can get NIL money for Matador club. Um, but you, you, Oh, I'm not an expert in financial aid, but you get your, you get the scholarship dollars from your main sport. Okay. So like if football came in and said, we're putting you on scholarship, he would be a football scholarship athlete playing baseball because he could get a full scholarly. But right now scholarship money comes from baseball. My understanding. Yeah. I think it's like that with the guys who run track too. Like they can't, you can't do a track scholarship and play football because a lot of teams are just use that as a workaround to get really fast football players. So you have to use the football scouting first. Yep. Love y'all. Final thoughts? I don't have any final thoughts, no. <laughs> We're going to Omaha, baby. I hope so. Rip the hey, day 1 o'clock Friday. Don't miss it. Probably should talk There's no reason not to weekend. be on opening day. Also, please go to redraiderdugout.com and read the things that we write. Yeah, I, was, I was about to ask where people can find you. Yes. And listen to the Dinger Derby podcast. Nobody's going to hear this part of the podcast. Listen to the Dinger Derby podcast. It's back. We'll have a special announcement after this weekend series um, with some changes. Oh. Maybe. That you guys are already they, okay. Are they 
Definite changes? Yes. Yes. Definite changes. Daring changes. Could we potentially see some YouTube streams post Big 12 series? <clears throat> yeah, possible. Possible. We right. talked about that. Keith, is, is Red Raider dugout part of a Texas Tech content network or anything? <laughs> Proud partner of the Staking the Plains. Yeah. Network. Oh, we always forget to mention that, Rob. We like haven't told anybody that we're part of Staking yeah. the Plains. Well, it's been a little slow on the upkeep, on the uptake on that, but we'll get it going. Money's Shift been posting. Up. That's true. The started gaucho. That's why he started. He's money. That's why he started. <laughs> Are we... Well, we did it, guys. We just hit two hours on the stream. Yes, we did. You're welcome. Congrats to us. <laughs> and and I mean a solid fifteen minutes of that probably was after the first time Rob said final thoughts. Maybe all later. right, let's let's start bench cut a few oh moments God. from this podcast. Uh me mixing up this Sam Hunt with Sam Smith. We've entered the reflective portion of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta watch the film here. Well, Kyle's um, all alone bench. in Fort Worth, so he has to have some things to do. Start bench cut. Me mixing up Sam Hunt and Sam Smith. Um, working a salad sometime. Or or Rob's story about uh, heckling Oklahoma or, – or getting thrown out at Wayland Baptist. <clears throat> Who's doing it? I mean, they're all. Yeah, I'm gonna it, start it's open. Out. It's it's open. Yeah, I would start the salad comment. <laughs> I, as a as a man who's had a lot of creative ways to call him fat, uh, that is a good one. Yeah. Somebody at uh, junior high regional band, all region band, told me the only exercise I did was lifting a fork. Ooh. It's one of the most uh and then one time I told one of my dear friends that I my sister said I got a big Christmas present this year and he was like, What, a t shirt? <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. That I did a, get a really a tall, time. lanky pitcher one time. Um my friends and I, we told him he was built like angel hair pasta. And we were pretty proud of that one. That's pretty good. It got a, that one got a laugh from his own coach. Yeah. I liked uh, the 2013 Holiday Bowl. The announcer said that Davis Webb could shower in a gun barrel. So I think that's a good one for tall, skinny guys. Yeah. I have a question for Rob. Uh huh. <laughs> What's your favorite? Have you ever used, like, what euphemism from calling live sports or on the radio have you ever said that's like your favorite? Anything stick out in your mind? Oh, um, you know, a lot of those are off the cuff. I'm not a script guy. Agreed. But there was one um, that we did as a bit. Um, it was uh, running out of the, your your grandma's turnip patch or something. There was, <laughs> one of the one of the this other guys. One of those- one of the like other when guys, your friend, like when your friend texts you and says, "Bet you won't find a way to work turnip into your broadcast." Yeah, tonight. one of the other guys we used to broadcast with, Blake. He's now a part of the uh, Mason and the Gen line. Uh, he uh-huh. would say it, and so when he stopped doing games, he always wanted me to keep doing it, or he always wanted his buddy Trevor Miller to keep doing it. Then I kind of took on the 
the flagship of it because I thought it was funny that they did it as a bit. I walked out of halftime in a football broadcast once that was awful. Awful game. Awful, like the worst officiating I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And I told my color guy, I said, well, the first half was rough as a stucco bathtub. It couldn't get much worse than that. <laughs> and my phone just lit up. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a good line. I give it to Jeff Haxton. People people like things like that. That's where yeah. Bang and Adios Muchacho and all that, people like it. People do like it. Some people like bits. Kyle's a big guy. I, I like bits, yeah. And the Gen Z guy of the podcast. <laughs> I'm in the I'm a Zennial. I'm in the the mini sub in betweener. Three generations of podcasters right here. No, we're not. We're all <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're getting loopy, man. Are we just keeping this going just because at this point? I, I keep trying to end it. I'm I'm actually supposed to be somewhere 30 minutes ago. So, <laughs> Kyle, you done? You got yeah. any more start bench start bench cuts for us? I mean, plenty, but save them for Twitter. Yeah. Do we get all our ad reads in? Yeah. Okay. Thanks to our sponsors. Follow Keith at uh, Red Raider Dugout. Please. Listen to his podcast. It's back. We'll do more than four episodes this year. <laughs> I promise. With exciting news to come. It is exciting news. I'm very excited. I'm yes. also very excited about that. <clears throat> it was your idea. I was, it's a group think effort there at the, the Picador house. At the Airbnb. Yeah. Kyle, you say the tagline to end it, man. You just got to do it. Oh, love y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. Sweet Jesus. 205. I'm really glad we did this at 6-whatever. Yeah. Because I weren't up here until midnight. <laughs> so drive home. Good grief. All right. I had I, the uh, Twitch up. It's fun to watch the little delay. Yeah, I like the Twitch stream.